0: It's because I believe that the problems that we are going to face as a world in the next decade are only going to be solved by creative, inspired individuals. It's not going to be people that come through an education system which dulls, you know, which basically rounds the edges and kind of like makes cookie cutter factory workers. It's going to be people that are traveling the world, exposed to all these amazing cultures and ideas and studying different fields and then coming into contact with other people that, you know, it would have been an improbable thing that these two people ever met but it's going to be this diaspora that creates the next crop of Einsteins that we need to solve the problems that are going to face us. So this is ultimately the root cause of why I believe this is important and why I've dedicated so much time to this effort. Welcome to the Nomad Podcast, where we discuss inspiring stories of lifestyle transition and how to thrive in a location-independent existence. Nomad Podcast is supported in part by Nomad Prep, an online academy to help aspiring digital nomads make a successful transition. And now here's your host, Sean Tierney. Hello from Koh Tao, Thailand. I am Sean Tierney. I'm your host. And today is going to be a special episode. So this is a different format. This is not actually an interview at all. What this is, is it's an audio capture of a talk that I gave on Nomad Cruise. So I was lucky to give the keynote opening keynote for Nomad Cruise and in that talk it's basically the distillation of the top 10 lessons that I've gotten from interviewing all my guests for the show. Um, so it's about 25 minutes long. If you're a first time listener to the show, this is a great uh, it's a great basically table of contents, a great place to go and get to hear snippets and uh, decide which ones you may want to go back and listen to and if you're a long-time listener of the show this will be a nice recap of the stuff that you've already heard uh, and I, I, bo- I really put some time into trying to boil this all down into what were those key takeaways what were the patterns things that uh, recurred across multiple guests and what i believe are the top 10 things that you can learn uh, from the guests that have been on this show okay so this is the last day of 2019. I figured this would be kind of a nice way to close out the year. Uh, it's been amazing. I can't believe how many guests and you know, interesting folks that I've had on this show. And so I thought this would be kind of a good way to close out uh, 2019. So without further ado, here is my talk. But first, before we dig into it, please listen to a quick word from our sponsor. It's important to have travel insurance as a nomad because stuff happens while we're on the road. And while we hope for the best, we need to always plan for the worst. If you're investigating insurance options, check out Safety Wing. Safety Wing is travel medical insurance specifically designed for nomads. Unlike other providers, you can buy it when you're already on the road, and you don't need to continuously update them on when and where you're going next. You just have one monthly subscription that covers you wherever you go for both travel and medical. And if you shop around, you'll find it's about a third of the price of other providers. Visit nomadpodcast.com slash safetywing to get a quote today. And now here's the interview this person i know him from uh, the previous cruises he is uh, an entrepreneur a businessman and he has a podcast uh, where he's interviewing nomads so far he interviewed 34 nomads uh, talking about their life their challenges and now he's here to share the 10 insights that he learned from them so welcome on stage Sean. everybody, thank you very much. Uh, My name's Sean, as she said, and yeah, I have a podcast for Nomads, that is aptly named Nomad Podcast, so (laughs) you won't forget it. Um, And yeah, I'm super excited uh, to lead things off. So I want to do a quick poll before we get started. Raise your hand if you've been itinerant, in other words, you've been doing your job around the world for a year or more, and you consider yourself a long-time nomad. Okay, awesome, that's a good portion, about 20% of the room. Um, raise your hand if you are fixed. you work in a, you have a home base and you've been working from one place. Okay, and then of you people with your hand up, keep your hand up if you would say you're an aspiring nomad you'd like to try out this lifestyle of bouncing around the world. Awesome, okay, cool. So hopefully this is gonna be useful, not just for you guys, but also for the people who have been doing it for a while, uh, like my man Matt up here in front. But yeah, what I've done, so let me see this. Down? Down. There we go. So let me give you some stats first off. So, as Dory mentioned, I've interviewed 34 guests so far on the show in the last year. Uh, It's about over 200 hours of work into this project. Uh, It's generated 776 pages of audio transcripts. And that's just over 400,000 words, right? And so, my challenge here in the next 20 minutes is to distill all of this into 10 actionable lessons for you guys to help you have a better life. Um, I think it's useful to understand the why anytime you're digging into something, so I'm going to quickly give you my personal why. My why is very simple, you guys. My why is to help others beat gravity so that you can be free to do what you're born to do. I went through the Simon Sinek process. This has been like crafted over a number of years, but this is my why. Help others beat gravity so you can be free to do what you're born to do. So everything I do is couched around that. So I've been uh, nomadic for the last three and a half years. I've been remote for four and a half years, uh, working for a company called Pagely, as the director of sales. And the first year before I was remote, I was working out of my apartment in Phoenix, Arizona. And you know, I was making good numbers, but I just was not thriving. I was not. I just felt like uh, like slumbering through life. And I feel like this is not an uncommon thing. Like we. Kind of get winnowed in through like a series of career choices and whatnot, and you kind of just get wind up, let you wind up in a rut basically. So I was in that rut, and it took discovering the nomadic lifestyle to eject me from that. And I had a pretty awesome result. I, my sales numbers went up seventy percent the year that I went abroad. Um, social life just you know flourished, and just all these things just started clicking. My health got better. So nomadic travel was like this. Kind of miraculous like shot in the arm of inspiration and just like revitalized me in every possible way and so this is my why it's like why i'm spreading it um and to understand why i also think you got to ask the why three times so why is this important so i read this article in the new york times it's called the lost einsteins and the premise of this article was that at any given moment in the world we're deprived of would-be einsteins in other words kids that would have been the next einstein and share these amazing inventions and creations it's just like their natural talents would flourish. but they're not They're and that flower will never bloom because they were not given the same you know, Nurturing experience the same opportunities as people who have you know higher socioeconomic status and when I read this article I got goosebumps, but for a different reason and that's because I do believe that this is a true phenomenon I believe that this is you know something that's actually happening, but I also believe it's happening in adults I believe that there is this adult slumber and that it's more common than we think, and that nomadic travel could do for other people what it did for me. That it can reawaken and just bring people back to life almost like a defibrillator, just shock you out of whatever slumber you're in. And so that's, that's why I engaged in this project. And then to ask the why that third time, why is that important? It's because I believe that the problems that we are gonna face as a world in the next decade are only going to be solved by creative, inspired individuals. It's not going to be people that come through an education system which dulls, you know, which basically rounds the edges and kind of like makes cookie cutter factory workers. It's going to be people that are traveling the world, exposed to all these amazing cultures and ideas and studying different fields and then coming into contact with other people that, you know, it would have been an improbable thing that these two people ever met but it's gonna be this diaspora that creates the next crop of Einsteins that we need to solve the problems that are gonna face us. So this is ultimately the root cause of why I believe this is important and why I've dedicated so much time to this effort. All right, so with that set up, um, let's talk about the methodology that I used. So 400,000 words, that's a lot. It's half a million, almost half a million words. Um, I wanted to make sense of this. I wanted to do it in a methodical way. You know, I'm all about data, science, like how can we do this methodically? So. Um, so I thought, what if I fed all those words into a tag cloud and I made just one big word cloud out of this and say, okay, what's the most used words in these interviews? Uh, before I unveil it, anyone have any guesses as to what words get used? Just shout them out if you do. Freedom. Freedom. Freedom? Yeah. Good guess. Optimism. Optimism. Wrong. Creativity. Creativity. Sure. Those are all great guesses, and uh, I would say traits that are very common to the people I interviewed. Here is the, the answer. This is the word cloud that came out of it. Um, and there's a lot going on there, so I kind of added some emphasis to see the big ones. But we got think, really kind, know, work, go, right, people, yeah, time. <laughs> so all very positive words, um, but it's hard to draw any kind of conclusive you know, themes from this, right? So clearly we need to go deeper. And the way that I did that, this led to the next thing, which I actually solved it. Is I went through every episode, and the show notes. These are the show notes at the bottom. It's basically a table of contents for the episode went through all 34 episodes, scoured the show notes, and I started making linkages. And I just went through, because I had all these conversations, so I know what we said, but this helped me jog my memory and remember what we talked about. And then I was able to start circling things and drawing patterns. And from all that process emerged these 10 things. So let's, without further ado, here is number 10. Okay, imposter syndrome, you guys. We all suffer from this. This was a critical insight. Like This is uh, Danielle Thompson. She's a 25-year-old entrepreneur from Canada, uh, currently living in Bali, but she's been all over the world. I met her in Lisbon uh, a few years back and then recently, again, randomly ran into her there, which is when we recorded this interview. Um, But she's 25 years old. She's built a very successful business. She's a freelancer and basically built a virtual agency. She got so much business that she started farming it out, hiring people, turned it into an agency, and then went a step further And actually built an online academy called the Freelance Travel Network to teach other freelancers what, like, the lessons that she had learned along the way. So, and she's like 50,000 Instagram influencers. It's ridiculous. So, by any stretch, like, this person is very successful. You can't argue that a 25-year-old, you know, she's very accomplished, and yet she feels imposter syndrome. So, this is something that just we all suffer from. And I think the key insight, and this is just a theme across most of the guests I interviewed, had the same thing. So I think the takeaway here is that recognize that, if you guys, recognize that this is not unique. Like I'm looking out over a sea of humans right now. Like what am I doing here? Like I, I'm, I've never had some massive successful company or anything. Like I just interviewed a lot of successful people, right? So I feel like, well, what? I don't deserve to be here. But I think this is like the insight is that we all have this, no matter who you are. This. You know, Danielle has this. So just recognizing, I think the key is recognize it. Say, I hear you, imposter syndrome. I hear you talking. I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to put you in this little box over here and say, that's nice, but I'm going to go about my way. Because that listening to that voice will rob you of giving your true gift. So that's imposter syndrome. That's number 10. Number nine. Has anyone seen this? The last lecture, Randy Posh, reading hand. yes. So this is like a really good thing. I would like write this one down, put this on your list for something to watch. It's an like amazing talk. This Carnegie Mellon professor, who is unfortunately no longer with us, uh, but he gave, he had terminal cancer and gave a last lecture, you know, which is brilliant. It's an amazing talk. Uh, but this is one of my favorite quotes from him. He says, brick walls are not there, to keep us out. They're there to give us the chance to show how badly we want something. And so there's another thing that I noticed is that many of the entrepreneurs that I, I interviewed we hit a brick wall. It's like we all hit this low point, and it's not something to hold us back. It is that actually, like the instrument that forges us, that allows us to prove how badly we want something. And I think perhaps no one epitomizes better than this guy. This is Christian Oosterbeek. It's a guy I met, a Dutch guy in Lisbon. Um, long story short, he tried to start up, ran out of money, didn't have any money to pay anything. Uh, the 34 euro insurance on his scooter. And he's at his girlfriend's house one night. Cops come, arrest him, (laughs) pull him out of the house, and he ends up winding up in prison. And it's in prison that he's reading this book by Richard Branson, and he gets like this epiphany. He's like, no one's gonna solve this for me. Like, I clearly have some limiting beliefs that have gotten me here, so I've gotta figure out the neuro-hacking to get myself right. And he, you know, pulled himself up by his own bootstraps. He's a professional speaker now just ran a marathon in Lisbon, a three-and-a-half-hour marathon, having never run before. This guy used his own techniques to teach himself how to run a three-and-a-half-hour marathon, having never run like a 5K. And so, so I think the lesson here is that these brick walls, you guys, that we all inevitably face, um, in hindsight, it's always easy to say, like, oh, that's what that was. But it's like when we encounter them in real time, you are just like, fuck, this massive challenge, and, like, this is terrible but like just slightly tweaking your mindset and realizing that that is like kind of a gift in disguise to help you prove how much you want something. That's what the brick walls are for, okay. So number eight, hustle till it hurts. I don't know if anyone remembers Andres from The Last Cruise. Um, Awesome Panamanian guy, just has more hustle in his little pinky than I think most of us do in this room. Um, But he's ridden his bike all over Panama, has this really creative business. He'll uh, make these promotional campaigns and he'll actually kind of put the cart before the horse He'll make a promotional campaign and then sell it to these major brands like Under Armour and Nike and whatnot. So, um, this guy is just like the epitome of hustle. I can't tell all his stories, but if you listen to his episode, it's just a mile a minute about all the stuff he's done, and it's incredible. Uh, Another person I think, Johnny FD, I'm sure a lot of people know this guy. Um, You know, hustle till it hurts. Literally, this guy went to Thailand, taught himself Muay Thai fighting, and was just getting hurt every night. To, to, but was making it work, was at least earning enough to then become a scuba diver instructor, to then start a blog and write a book and a course. And he had, now has like 18 streams of passive revenue. But that is just like, just hustle, man. Just made it happen. Oh. and this is a public service. Buenos dias, señoras y señores. Buenos dias. La galeria de fotos se encuentra abierta en la cubierta numero con sus fotos del crucero disponible. All right, so that was number eight. Let's go to number seven. Start small, but start. So this is Diego bejarano Uh We may meet him, I believe, he's in Oman, actually with Wi-Fi Tribe, so was, we might get to actually meet him there. Um, he started Wi-Fi Tribe, it's one of the most popular travel programs out there. The way he did it, he didn't come with some elaborate business plan and raise a bunch of money. Like, the way he did it was literally just send an email to a hundred of his friends and said, hey, I'm gonna go to Bolivia, does anyone want to go and work with me? Just to try this out. Literally, that's how the whole thing started. They've got like five chapters now around the world. I just did one with them in Barcelona last month. Um, but like that all emerged from just that one little step of sending that email to 100 close friends and doing that. Similarly, this is Greg Kaplan. He's the co-founder of Remote Year, which is arguably the largest travel program out there. Um, myself and Matt both did it. Um, this is the same thing. He got started a different way though. He put a, just a crappy landing page up and then po- posted it to Hacker News and within a month, they had 50,000 signups to the program, right? But it was just like one little small step after another. They didn't go out and raise a, tunch- you know, a bunch of money, although they have since. Um, but it's just the idea is you got to start small. Don't try to boil the ocean. Start small, but start. Number six, <laughs> ditch the anchors. So my man Matt Bowles, by the way, but we often get confused for one another, <laughs> the other tall white guy with the podcast for nomads on the boat. <laughs> um, so this is a common kind of theme. To the extent you guys can go carry-on only for the people that are trying to travel a lot and go around the world, this has a huge impact. Um, aside from the tactical advantages, like physically being able to move through security faster and not worry about like you know, the exposure of having lost luggage and all that, uh, but I think Matt would attest that there is a larger factor that, that eclipses all those in importance, and that is Psychologically, the lightness of being, like the liberation from stuff that you have once you're able to put everything you own in a backpack and just walk around the world with that, like you're living proof at that point that you value the experiences more than you do the stuff. And so I highly recommend if you can get all your stuff into a backpack and just sell everything else, um, it is quite the way they do it. So ditch the anchors. Number five, trust your heart and immerse yourself in positivity. So this is another common theme across the people that I interviewed, is that your ability to decouple this from this and to recognize like this can fool you, this can lead you astray, it can rationalize things that you think you should be doing and it gets this knotted mess, but to the extent you can quiet this and then focus on this, you will be better served. And I think Marissa Medin, uh, she was on the last cruise, she's also involved with Wi-Fi Tribe. She embodied this, she was working at Pepsi, had arguably a dream job uh, working in the music promotions department for them. People like Beyonce, Jay-Z, going to these like gala, red carpet events. Had, like, amazing job by every standard, but was not fulfilled and did not necessarily have the supportive network. Her friends were like, well, why would you quit that? That's amazing, like, you're crazy. Don't, don't quit that job, right? But she wanted to do something else and did not have the supportive network. So you know what she did? She made it in the form of podcasts. She surrounded herself, she listened, she picked the podcasts and had them in her earbuds every day, giving her the support she needed to then eventually go and do what she wanted to do. So creating the network if you don't have it. The other example of this, this is Kemet Bailey in Lisbon. Uh, He worked for another big company you may know, Apple, um, as the global risk assessor. He was traveling all over the world, same thing, arguably a dream job, but wasn't fulfilled. And he found his supportive network in fiction this guy was able to like the, the, the movies that spoke to him and the fiction those works he was able to find support in those characters and those dialogues and have that be his supportive network to then turn that into a system and now he's actually helping others through this methodology um, but it again like decouple this listen to this okay number four prioritize your health the people that i interview all seem to have a focus on health and this is my man, Trevor Gerhardt. Uh, he was the very first participant of Remote Year, the first group. Um, and he is just a CrossFit fanatic. Everywhere he goes, he finds a CrossFit box. That's the first thing he does in any city. Uh, same thing, someone you may know, sitting up here, Ben Lakoff does the same thing, right? I've been with this guy. He will pick an Airbnb based on the proximity to a CrossFit gym. Yesterday, I'm with him, and we're literally buying a kettlebell walking around <laughs> walking a rockland to find a 16 kilo kettlebell in his backpack, right? So, but he knows, he prioritizes health and he puts that above everything else because he knows he needs to get a good work at it, right? So, if fitness and exercise is one pillar, I would say the other pillar is diet. This is Kara Mosesso, she's a certified nutritionist, um, lived a decade on exclusively plant-based diet and she's run 26 marathons. Right? So she knows a thing or two about health. Um, and her episode is amazing. Uh, as nomads, I think we're particularly afflicted with not necessarily having access. You know, it's like just more complicated to eat healthy, right? We don't always have a, a kitchen. We don't know where the health food store is. And it's just harder. It's tricky. Um, but it, that's why it's up to us, though, to take ownership, to study enough of nutrition so we know that we can make it work wherever we are. All right, so if exercise, diet are the pillars, what do you guys think is the foundation of health? There you go, sleep. This is Bernie Miller, he's a sleep specialist and MD for the Mayo Clinic in Phoenix, Arizona. And this guy's been treating sleep disorders for two decades. I had him on the show because I wanted to learn more about what's involved there. I've subsequently read a book, has anyone read Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker? A Couple people, that is an awesome book. I would write that one down if this is important to you. I really recommend it. He was also on the Joe Rogan podcast. It's an excellent podcast episode, but anyways. Sleep, you guys, very important. It's like everything else, if you're, if you're not getting good sleep, then it's gonna unravel whatever you try to do in these other capacities. So it is literally the foundation. And I would argue there's one more thing here with health. This is my man, Rob Price from Sydney, Australia. Uh, stress, I'd say stress is like, if the pillars, you know, exercise, diet, and foundation is sleep, the ability to mitigate stress consistently is like working with good building materials. And so he has a whole strategy for doing this. Uh, He spent like most of his life studying stress and developing a program called Power of Calm. Uh, But whether you use meditation or whatever your method is, you need a reliable method to combat stress. Okay, so that's health. Uh, Clarity on your why. This is my man, uh, Matt Dunsmore. He is a facilitator for Simon Sinek. Uh, That's the program I mentioned that I went through. Uh, But gaining clarity on your why. Your why is like your just your essence, your internal, the gist, the thing that makes you who you are. And getting more clarity on that just is like a force multiplier. It just gives you such more power over everything. And I think the guest who most epitomized this, this is Sondre Rosh. he's the founder of Safety Wing. Uh, some people may be using that insurance here actually for travel insurance, uh, but he got very clear on it. You know, he faced challenges both as a nomad, as an employer about just travel insurance, it was just a mess. And so he set out to solve it and to make it so that you could have that feeling of security, that safety net, and feel supported as if you were in your home country no matter where you are. Right? So getting clear on your why is force multiplier. All right, Number two, we're almost there. Create 10x more value than you harvest. Um, this was a subtle shift. This is something that's very consistent across the entrepreneurs that I interviewed. And it's the idea that uh, you know, when you think about entrepreneurship, you think about like creating a product and then selling it and then that's the name of the game. But it's subtly different, and if you think about it more like create massive value and then just harvest a small fraction of that, you will be successful. And so this is Alex Hillman, I think episode 14. He created something called the 30 by 500 Academy where he actually gives you a framework for doing this. And uh, Sales Safari, e-bombs, like this whole methodology for how you do this consistently. Uh, but this is something that was just consistent across all the entrepreneurs is they focused on just creative massive value and then just sipping a small you know sliver of that for themselves. Okay. Number one. Need to do a little like drum roll for this one this is the final one here. Alright. So number one, you guys, the number one lesson from all this is fuck regret. Like this is uh, this is something like just truly making decisions on what you're gonna regret least down the road. And this is Krista Romano. Um, she's been, I think she's on Nomad Cruise 9 right now. But I think more so than anyone I interviewed, she has a really touching story, you guys. She's more than a pretty face on Instagram. She's actually a really sweet person. And she had an, uh, an accident uh, the week before in college, the week before she was scheduled to go on a study abroad program. Uh, she actually had a diving accident. Dove into a pool, hit her head on the bottom. And luckily, if that pool had been like half a foot more shallow, she could have been paralyzed or worse. Right, So she did not die, she did not get paralyzed, um, had vertebrae fused and recovered from it, and now lives very much carpe diem, like bucket list. Everywhere she goes, it all about like, seize the day. right? But it's that idea that you make decisions based on, I don't want to regret this down the road. I don't want to be on my deathbed and be like, I wish I had tried that business, or I wish I had asked that girl out, or I wish I had done whatever. Like, you just want to live without regret. So actually, I want everyone to just basically extend your arm right now. Everyone do this with me. Extend your middle finger. On the count of three, fuck regret. One, two, three, fuck fuck regret. regret. All right, you guys, in summary here, to wrap this all up, oh yeah, by the way, regret, there's actually like a a legit decision-making theory called uh, minimization of maximum regret. You can look it up, it's on Wikipedia. But in summary, recap all this. Imposter syndrome, it's real. Don't fall victim to it. Understand what the brick walls are, what they're there for. Hustle until it hurts. Start small, but start. Ditch the anchors, go carry on only. Trust your heart, surround yourself with positivity. Prioritize your health, diet, exercise, sleep, and stress reduction. Get clarity on your why. Create 10x more value than you harvest. And fuck regret. You guys, we'll skip the visualization exercise because I think we're just about out of time here. Um, but these resources, if you want to go to nomadpodcast.com, all these stories and more are there. Uh, Nomadprep.com. I actually, this was just one project. I actually put all of this into an online course, and I know David Dengu is probably gonna kill me for this, but I, I made a coupon code, it's totally free, anyone in the room who wants to do it, uh, NCX rocks, you can just use that, uh, it'll be good for the rest of the crews. So you can do the whole course for free and get all that there. And if you are a long-term nomad, there's a good chance that I want to interview you. So see me at some point. Uh, we can also talk about making you an advocate. Uh, I'm a fairly generous affiliate program. And so that's me scrolling on dubs on most social media. You guys, thanks for listening. Any, I don't know if we want to do questions now or what are we open it up for questions. Is there time, a few minutes left? Yeah, we got time. All right, so anybody have any questions about this stuff? No questions? Oh yeah, Josh. Have you used these lessons to change the way that you live? And have you seen a uh, difference in the way that your life unfolds because of that? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, in every way, like the health stuff was super important. Uh, Meditation has been pretty profound in terms of like presence and awareness and just like centered, Um, prioritizing health. Like for me, it kind of all, like I mentioned, like when I went abroad, I think it was a combination of things like being exposed to a lot of creative stimuli like I had been working in my apartment and it was just literally like I would force myself to go to a cafe every day just to see another human like to get that interaction, but then like swing that pendulum swings far the other direction and now you're all over the world, you're meeting amazing people. you know I did remote years, so I was with a community of 75 people and so I also had that little like consistent tribe, but also exposure to everyone or everyone else where I went. Um, but yeah, no every one of these things I think the imposter syndrome, recognize it, like, again, cognizant of it, but I'm mm-hmm. afflicted by it. So, yeah, I think each one of these lessons has been very powerful. Sylvia. So, yeah. How long did it take you from getting the, having the idea to putting it into practice and starting it? The podcast? Or, podcast. Yeah, so uh, I just kind of did it. I don't know. I just fumbled my way through the first, you'll see like the early episodes are kind of a different format. And so I just started doing it. I started recording on Zoom and released them and then kind of got more professional. And Matt actually gave me a lot of good advice on terms of the format, how to refine it and be more professional about it. But again, that starts small, but just start. I think if you're thinking about doing a podcast, the key is just to start. Just like literally take your phone, you can use the voice recorder. I know Paulette Bo rolls around with equipment. He'll just like grab them ad hoc on the moment. I think the the key is just do something, get going, and then once you're in motion, it's easier, once you have that inertia of moving, I think it's easier to refine it than it is to like, the whole perfection is the enemy of good enough, right? Like so. Anyone else? Okay, cool, thank you guys for listening, appreciate it. You've been listening to the Nomad Podcast. For links to all the resources mentioned in this episode, transcripts, show notes, photos, and more, visit nomadpodcast.com. Nomad Podcast is supported in part by Nomad Prep, an online academy to help aspiring digital nomads make a successful transition. Take the first four days free by visiting nomadprep.com forward slash podcast.